Hello, family. Listen, you guys are absolutely showing out from week after week, Thursday after Thursday, Sunday after Sunday, from the bottom of my heart. My wife and I, church family, we thank you so much for tuning in. This, this Try Me series has me blown. We're approaching almost 200,000 views of people that we are reaching because of you, because of the power of God. If you don't know it, you are about to get blessed on tonight. Screenshot, let us know where you're from. Like we always do week after week, is this your first time? Or is this now your 11th time? Can y'all believe that? Part 11. Your 11th time in this Try Me series. And tonight is just going to be like, it. look, let's just say it like this. This message was so good that last night around midnight, I got on YouTube and then live. I was like, hey, y'all, y'all got to listen to this. It, it just blessed me. So I'm ready to get to work. Um, for everybody who has Bibles, because like I said before, y'all are having watch parties and notepads and Bibles. One person had two or three Bibles. I said, you saved. <laughs> you really saved. Turn your Bibles to 1 Samuel chapter 17. I hope you're ready for this on tonight. 1 Samuel chapter 17. We have a little length, um, but it's all necessary for the backdrop of our preaching presentation on tonight. 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 17. It says, then Jesse said to his son David, take now for your brothers an ephah of this dried grain and these ten loaves and run to your brothers at the camp and carry these ten cheeses to the captain of their thousands and see how your brothers fare and bring back news of them. Now Saul and they and all the men of Israel were in the valley of Elah fighting with the Philistines. So David rose early in the morning, left the sheep with the keeper, and took the things and went as Jesse had commanded him. And he came to the camp as the army was going out to fight and shouting for the battle. For, the, for Israel and the Philistines had drawn up in the battle array, army against army. And David left his supplies in the, in the hand of the supply keeper, ran to the army, and came and greeted his brothers. Then as he talked with them, there was the champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, coming up from the armies of the Philistine, and he spoke according to the same words. So David heard them. And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were dreadfully afraid. So the men of Israel said, have you seen this man who has come up? Surely he has come up to defy Israel, and it, and, and it shall be that the man who kills him, the king will enrich with great riches, will give him his daughter and give his father's house exempt from taxes in Israel. Then David spoke to the men who stood by him saying, what shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? And the people answered him in this manner, saying, So shall it be done for the man who kills him. Now Elip, his oldest brother, heard when he spoke to the men, and Elip, Elip's anger was aroused against David. And he said, Why did you come down here? And with whom have you left those few sheep in the wilderness? See, right here, I really could preach this because he's like trying to 
rank on David's about who you left those few sheep you know how somebody's hate when they always say little yeah I saw your little video yeah I, I heard about your little business yeah I saw your little blog they're a hater right because if you know anything about the context in first Samuel chapter 16 Elip was the one that Samuel said surely this is the Lord's anointed but God said no that's not the one I anointed for God looks at the heart but man looks at the outward appearance and so Elip I feel is probably feeling kind of salty because he didn't get the oil <laughs> I know your pride and insolence of heart, and for you have come down to see the battle. And David said, what have I done now? Is there not a cause? Then he turned from him toward another and said the same thing. And these people answered him as the first one did. Now when the words which David spoke were heard, they reported them to Saul, and he sent for him. Then David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight with the Philistine. Our clause of concern and our verse of importance takes residence in verse 23. Then as he talked with them, there was a champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, coming up from the armies of the Philistines. And he spoke according to the same words. So David heard them. Father, bless this moment. Bless this hour. Anoint me, O oh God, to be the PA system of heaven, the soundtrack of heaven. We are in expectation that you will have a word that touches our hearts and give us roots. And we're expecting for you to do it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Can I get everybody to say, here we go. We are now in part 11 of our Try Me series. And I want to give you a different lens. I want you to have a different perspective because a lot of us have been seeing things one way, but I want us to see things in a kingdom way, all right? David was just a shepherd. All he's ever known was protecting sheep, feeding sheep, and writing bars. If you don't know what bars is, that means like writing songs. He went like gold and platinum because like we're still rocking on David's lyrics to this day because they were God-breathed. That's all he knew. He was a worshiper. And he was a shepherd. And his dad comes in the room and he says, hey, I need you to do me a favor. I need you to take this pizza, this bread and cheese. I need you to take this pizza and I need you to go give it to your brothers down at the battlefield. Somebody say assignment. His, his daddy gave him assignment. Sidebar, this is why with whatever assignment that you're given, you should always strive to kill it. You should always do it with your whole heart because doors don't always come looking like doors. Doors don't always come looking like doors. And a lot of us are looking for somebody to put us on and you're minimizing an opportunity that a leader gave you an assignment, a parent gave you an assignment, a boss gave you an assignment, and you have no idea that might be a door for you to walk through to get to your next level. So he gives him this assignment. And David is just going down there because he worked for Papa John's and he's just going to deliver some pizza. But he had no idea that he was about to walk into his graduation ceremony. So I just feel it appropriate, especially due to it being May. I think for part 11 of this series, we should talk from this subject around this thought, graduation season. Yeah, graduation season. Let's try the process. 
graduation season, instead of trying to hurry up and get out, what is it that God wants me to get out of this graduation season? Graduation season. Somebody drop a comment in the room and say, it's time to graduate. Yeah, it's time to graduate. You've been here too long. You have parked in a place that you have been given oil to pass through. This is not where you build a tabernacle. This is where you build a tent. It's graduation season. It's graduation season. Find the graduation cap emoji and drop that in the room. It's time to graduate. Maybe let me change your perspective. Maybe you're not being punished. You're embracing graduation. Maybe you're not being punished. You're embracing graduation. It's graduation season. It's graduation season. Maybe this is not punishment from your former, but this is God getting you to get into a place where you can actually graduate and go to the next level. It's graduation season. Please hear me. When it's kingdom graduation, graduation never feels like graduation. Did you hear what I just said? When it's a kingdom graduation, graduation never feels like graduation. You're mislabeling it. You're calling it a breakup. You're calling it, man, I had to let them go. Heaven's calling it, no, you just graduated. (laughs) Let me give you some new lens. You're calling it a breakup. Heaven is saying, no, you just graduated. You have just graduated from being outside of my will to being in my will. Congratulations. You have just graduated from prayerlessness to now having a prayer life. Congratulations. You have just graduated to doing your own thing to now doing my thing. Congratulations. You have just graduated from insomnia to sweet sleep. Congratulations. We have to look through it through a kingdom lens. You've just graduated. You just graduated. And somebody's probably listening to this message, and you're saying, he's being insensitive. He don't know what I've been through. He don't know how they left me. He doesn't know how they did me. He doesn't know how they hurt me. And you're right. I don't know what you went through. But I do know what bitterness would do. I I, I do know what would happen in your heart when you have mistaked that this was God's will when it was really your will, and you were using churchy lingo by saying, I have a peace about it. I do know what will happen when you can't get over what's over. Yeah, I do know that. I do know how dangerous it is for you to hold on to somebody who already let you go. Yeah, I do understand that. I understand how bitterness calluses the heart because bitterness contaminates the container. And as much as it hurts, as as difficult as it was for you to embrace, you're going to have to let it go because it's graduation season. Could it be, just could it be, Maybe the problem is you trying to make moves, but God's trying to graduate you. You trying to make moves, and this is why nothing seems to be working. Help me, Holy Spirit. This is why nothing seems to be working. This is why it seems you're at the same place week after week and month after month. Is because God is not like some educational school systems. He won't pass you if you can't read. God is saying, you're going to get this. You're going to stay here this semester, and you're going to stay here this semester, and you're going to stay here this semester because I don't pass people who haven't passed this test. I'm trying to graduate you. I'm trying to graduate you. And I know you don't like it. And I know that you feel like you should be further down the line by now. And I know that you think that this place is by accident. But I came here on tonight to let you know that your placement is intentional. This is providence. This is not the devil. This is the process. Do you know how many people keep blaming the devil for God trying to fit them and put them in graduation clothes? This is not the devil. This is the process. This is the process. Yeah, can I get somebody to say this is the process? This is the process God is trying to graduate you. And I said it before and I'm going to say it again. This is why it's so dangerous for us to want next level but be ill-equipped. 
Yeah. This is why it's so dangerous for us to be surrounded by people who like you, but they don't grow you. I don't need to hang around underclassmen. I need to hang around grads. I'm trying to go to grad school. I've been at this place too long. One of the signs of growth is when you no longer can fit in a place. There are certain outfits that my three-year-old son couldn't, couldn't wear this time last year, but he now could wear because he has grown into them. And there are certain outfits that he no longer could wear because he has grown out of them. If everybody you're hanging around can fit in the same outfits that they had on when you first met them, you have a dead circle. I need to hang around people who can graduate. I need to hang around people who want to graduate. I need to get me another mentor group. You know, back in like high school, it was funny to some people when they failed. Like everybody failed and everybody, what'd you get? 45, what'd you get? I got 52. Like, that's not funny. That person up in the front row that everybody made fun of who made that 92, that need to be your study partner. Instead of getting jealous of people who had a next level spiritually, how about you say, hey, can you mentor me? Hey, can you tutor me? Because I need to get to the next level and I'm tired of staying in this place longer than I have to. Somebody say, graduate. Graduation season. And what I want us to see and what I want us to get is graduation never feels like graduation. This is why I believe God would change the names of people. It's like, no, your name is no longer Abram. You've been graduated. It's Abraham, which means father of many nations, and that is your assignment. It, it's no longer Simon. No, you've graduated. It's Peter, which means rock. Your assignment is for you to be solid. And if he doesn't change your name, then he'll call you by your assignment. You're not just Gideon. You're Gideon, mighty man of valor. You graduated. Somebody say, graduate. And I think for many, we don't even recognize God is trying to graduate you. God is trying to graduate you. For 2020, for a lot of people, is their graduation year. They came into this year thinking their graduation was going to look like this. Let's show the images. They think that their graduation was going to look like this. All these people, everybody's celebrating you. You are so excited because you're finally about to graduate from high school, graduate from college, graduate from that business opportunity, whatever it is. You came into this year thinking your graduation was going to look like this. But the way 2020 and the way the Rona was set up, your graduation now looked like this. <laughs> Your graduation now looked like this. This is not what I predicted. I didn't expect my graduation to look like this. What do you do when God doesn't give you what you prefer? Ah, can we talk? What, what do you do when God does not give you your preference? Let's take it deeper. Is it really God is not speaking? Or is it God is speaking but is not speaking your preference? Okay, okay, about to get in trouble. Is it God is not speaking or is it he's just not speaking your preference? And since he's not speaking what you prefer, you say he's silent. <laughs> Maybe he is speaking, but he's not speaking what you prefer. And what we have to do is become people who stop dying in transition. Stop settling in transition. This is not where you're supposed to die and wither. You're just transitioning. And this is what the children of Israel's issue was. They didn't even recognize they graduated from being a slave. And they graduated out of Egypt. But they didn't get to the promised land because God didn't give them what they preferred. And what I'm trying to get you to see is a lot of us are graduating. But we're not graduating in the way that we preferred. So we don't know how to celebrate. The finish line is not the only place that you celebrate. How about you celebrate the fact that God is guiding you? 
How about you celebrate the fact that you still have peace? There's somebody, I have a sneaky suspicion that there's somebody watching this right now that the only reason that you're still sane in the membrane is because God kept you. God kept you. And we spent so many times talking about what we had in Egypt that you don't even recognize that you graduated from Egypt. And I think the issue is we're so caught up with how we want it that we're overlooking that God has given us what we want just not the way that we want it. They just wanted to be out of slavery, and they just wanted to get to the promised land. God's going to give you that, but not the way you prefer. See, you know why traffic frustrates me so much? I live in the fourth largest city in America, Houston, Texas, and I understand we're going to have traffic, but traffic frustrates me the most when there's traffic for no reason. Right? Like, if I'm going to be in transition at least let me see somebody's tire to blow out. I, like, I know that may sound rude or something, but I want to know we're going to slow for a reason. I don't want to just be stuck here and I don't know why. There's nothing more frustrating for me to see a green light and everybody acting like this mug is red. There's nothing more frustrating. And I believe the reason it's so frustrating is because I'm stuck in a place of motion. Y'all didn't hear what I just said. It's so frustrating because there are signs around me that let me know my potential. There are signs around me that are indicators of a speed I could be going at. (sighs) There are signs around me that lets me know I could be going at this velocity, but due to everybody else around me and due to me being in this situation, I'm going slower than I'm allowed to. Have you ever gotten frustrated because your spirit's like, listen, man, you could go at this level. You can be praying like this. You can be fasting like this. You can have peace like this. You can have abundance in your spirit like this. But you're allowing other people's traffic to become your slowdown. Somebody said, graduate. David had no idea that he was about to transition and walk into his graduation ceremony. He was just going down there, following his father's instructions, and giving them some pizza. But it became his graduation ceremony. You know why? Because in that moment, he graduated from David the shepherd to David the giant slayer. He had no idea. Let's just go ahead and give you points. Point number one, natural natural graduations come with the cap and gown. Spiritual graduations come with the Saul and the Goliath. (laughs) Yeah, that's when it's a kingdom graduation. He had no idea this would be the day I graduate. He had no idea when I was just following an assignment, following an instruction, I would walk into my this is why moment. He had no idea. And there are a lot of us, I'm trying to get you to understand, this is why you have to stop running. Stop running when it gets difficult. Stop running. A lot of us, you keep going ghost on people because you keep going ghost on yourself. Every time it gets hard, you run. When it gets difficult, you run. When you don't like it, you run. When there's conflict, you run. When there's opposition, you run. And if David wouldn't have ran to the giant, but if he would have ran from the giant, he never would have had his graduation ceremony. In that moment when David heard Goliath and he said, yo, who's going to do something about this uncircumcised Philistine? And he went out there and he whooped old boy. The whole nation shifted because now they knew who David was. He's no longer a little dude in the, in the pasture dropping bars. Now we have a giant slayer in our midst. And I want you to know when you are following it to be a kingdom perspective, Kingdom has it where favor is going to be your marketing specialist. You don't have to market you. 
You don't have to tell people to check out your stuff. Just the fact that you're killing giants. Just the fact that you're killing giants. He's not David the shepherd anymore. He's David the giant slayer. He graduated. Somebody said graduation. So I think we need to ask ourselves, have we overlooked the fact that possibly I'm graduating, but I'm running from it because I don't like it? Natural graduation, you get a cap and gown. Spiritual graduation, you get a Saul and Goliath. You have somebody in your life that's going to keep you praying. <laughs> Saul, I know had to irritate David. And I believe God is saying, listen, I want you to have so much character where you could play your harp and use your gift for somebody who has demons. And they could throw a spear at you, but you have so much character where you could dodge it and not throw it back. That's when you graduate. I want to graduate your character to that, to that degree. I want to graduate your character to that degree where you don't feel the need to clap back. You don't need to start to, like, let them know how you feel and give them a piece of your mind. I want you to experience a Saul so that you no longer need to respond to petty. I've never been hated on by another oil carrier. Leave that alone. <laughs> you don't need to clap back when you have the oil. Point number one, natural graduations, you have a cap and, ground, cap and gown. Point number two, natural graduations, you walk across the stage. Spiritual graduations, your walk becomes a stage. Did you hear what I just said? Natural graduations, you walk across the stage. Spiritual graduations, your walk becomes a stage. What if God wants you to be his billboard? And we talked about this last week. I want you to see this really quickly because I have to break it down and I got to keep going. In Luke chapter 5, verse 1, it says, So it was as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two boats standing by the lake. But the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon, and asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and have caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. Okay, I want you to catch this. Jesus comes on the scene. Simon's probably upset. He's probably tired. He's probably hungry because he caught no fish that night. And Jesus just steps off in his boat. Doesn't really, like, consider who he, like, literally just steps in his boat and says, hey, bro, push back from shore. I've actually had, this happened to me in high school. I was at a red light. It was pouring raining. A dude ran up, got in my car, opened the door. I was like, hey, bro, I'm so sorry, man. Could you drive me to campus? And so in my thought, I was, in my mind, I was like, okay, number one, why was my door unlocked? Number two, the audacity for this Negro to open my car door. You are wet. I don't know who you are. And you just got in my car and was like, hey, I'm sorry, bro. Could you ride me to campus? I mean, I'm a bold individual, but I'm not that bold, bro. <laughs> in this moment, that's what Jesus does. He steps in his boat. And it's like, hey, push back from shore. <laughs> what do you do when God just steps in your business? He didn't ask for your permission. Oh, you thought this boat that you use for your business is my business. I need it right now. He was looking for a stage. He was looking for a stage. It wasn't about Simon's ability. It was about Simon's availability. I need to use your boat so that everybody can hear the word that I'm about to declare. And then after he was finished, he turned around and said, okay, because you helped me do what I wanted to do. 
Now I'm going to help you catch what you were trying to catch. See, you thought that the fish just weren't biting last night. You thought because the text says they were washing their nets. And then the text says, Simon said, we, we've been out here all night long and we caught nothing. God is so sovereign where he can have it where the fish don't even swim in your net because I need you in the morning. <laughs> You're not catching nothing tonight. Nobody's going to respond tonight. You're not going to get anybody approving you right now because I need you. And until you recognize that I need you and the principle of first, you're not catching any fish. Oh, but if you put Jesus first, if you begin to pray and treat prayer as a first response instead of a last resort, when you start to seek God's face first, then he'll catch, let you get an abundant catch. He said, listen, I need a stage. He was looking for a stage. Point number two, natural graduations, you walk across the stage. Spiritual graduation, our walk becomes a stage. Somebody say, I want to be a stage. I want to be a stage. I want to be a stage. Point number three, here we go. We get good. Point number three, natural graduations comes with a degree. Spiritual graduations comes with adversity. If you want to, get, if you want to graduate spiritually, you're going to have to have adversity. I want to give you Bible, okay? Let me show you this. Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4, verse 35. Look at this. On the same day when evening had come, he said to them, let us cross over to the other side. Somebody say other side. Now say graduate. Okay. Isn't that what happened when you go across the, cross the stage? Cross, okay. Anyway. Let us cross over to the other side. Now when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was. And other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. Okay? I want us to go back up to the very first verse. Verse 35. Jesus said, everybody say Jesus. Jesus said, let us cross to the other side. A few verses later, there's a storm. Now, you got to remember God is sovereign. God said, all right. I need us to graduate and go to the other side, and I'm not going to tell you about this storm that's about to come. And I'm going to fall asleep in the midst of this storm because I want to model what it looks like when you have peace and I'm with you. There could be chaos all around you, but there should be peace within you. And I'm tripping because the text says, Jesus said, let us go to the other side. What do you do when Jesus forecasts for you to go in a situation that leads to a storm? <laughs> and then as I begin to read this, I don't even have time to unpack it all. I want us to go to the very next chapter. Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5, verse 1. It says, Then they came to the other side of the sea, the country of the Gadarenes. And when he had come out of the boat, immediately. Somebody say immediate. Immediately there met him, a, there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit. So I'm like, okay, you go from preaching to sleeping, to storms, to a demon-possessed man. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, it makes sense. When you graduate, you want a degree. But when you spiritually graduate, you um, have to endure adversity. Maybe this storm on the lake was more about somebody else's freedom on the other side. Maybe this is why the enemy sent the storm, and I really could bother this, because how does a hurricane form on a lake? Windstorm on a lake is likened unto a hurricane. How does a hur Have you ever heard of a hurricane on Lake Michigan? <laughs> a hurricane on Lake Houston? Hurricanes don't really form on lakes unless 
there is a force that's trying to stop you from getting to the other side because when you cross over to the other side, you're going to liberate somebody's soul. And a lot of us don't even recognize you're going through this because there's somebody on the other side that needs what God has put on the inside of you so that you can unlock it and you set them free. A lot of us don't even recognize when you are a Christian, you are a spiritual locksmith. You unlock people. There's something on the inside of you that God has cosmically created in you to have to unlock people. This is why when you do get married or if you want to get married, the question should be, are you kingdom enough to unlock what's already on the inside of me? Do you unlock me or lock me? If you haven't unlocked your purpose, you won't be able to know if this person unlocks or they lock. And I believe in this text I'm seeing, Jesus had to endure adversity because somebody needed him on the other side. Natural graduate, it comes with the degree. Spiritual graduate comes with adversity. Number four, natural graduations, you get gifts. Spiritual graduations, you get oil. <laughs> you get anointing from this. You didn't have a prayer life like you're about to have a prayer life until you've been in a fiery furnace. See, God knows I have to put them in the fire so that they can get on fire. There's a certain type of worship you get in the fire. There's a certain type of outlook you get in the fire. There's a certain type of passion you get in the fire. Before this, you wouldn't wake up to pray. Now you're waking up at 5 a.m. every day to seek God's face. It just took for you to go through that because you wanted gifts, but God says, no, I'm going to give you some oil. Everybody wants to be anointed, but nobody wants to be crushed. And if you want to graduate, God's going to have to crush you because this is how you get to the next level. Last one, and I'm done. I hope this is good. Natural graduations, you throw the cap. Spiritual graduations, you close the gap. Natural graduations, you throw the cap. Spiritual graduations, you close the gap. There is this gap that exists between who you're called to be and who you currently are. And I think the reason a lot of us are frustrated the reason that we're frustrated with ourselves is due to the size of the gulf. Due to the size of the gulf between our next level self and our current level self. I'm about to free somebody on the night. A lot of us, we have comparison issues, right? Truth be told, though, we all have flaws. Everybody has issues beyond the retina display. All of us make mistakes. All of us have issues. The only thing is they're posting their edited and cropped version of themselves. And so now you're looking at the edited version of them and you're comparing yourself to them and you're feeling insignificant and you're like, man, they have a better life than me. Man, they're so much better than me. I would like to ask you this question. Is it they're really better than you or could it be they're a better editor than you? They're just a better editor. They know how to edit in such a way to cover up that freckle of insecurity. They're just a better editor. Yeah, they're a better editor in such a way where they know how to hide those stretch marks of insecurity and doubt and abandonment issues. They're just a better editor. Yeah, they know how to edit that mole out so that you don't see that they worry and that they feel unattractive. They just know how to edit it. And so now here you are comparing God's handiwork to a Photoshop user. They just know how to edit better. They just know how to hide it better. They just know how to make it up better. But you are feeling insignificant because you're comparing your real thing to their Photoshop. <laughs> Trying to free you on the night, and you will feel stressed because I'm not where I want to be. Let me tell you something. I think the problem is how we see ourselves versus how God sees us 
and how the enemy sees us, okay? All right, show you this and I'm done, all right? We see ourselves as a pine cone. Heaven sees ourselves as a forest, okay? We see ourselves as this little old pine cone. The devil sees ourselves as a full-fledged forest. So I was like, okay, how can I get them to understand that God doesn't see you as your seed form? He sees you as crop maturity. How can I get them to see that the enemy doesn't see you like this? Okay, just being real, when I was growing up, I saw these pine cones all the time. This was like made up. It was like on some decoration of some potpourri we had at the house. It was all made up. And when I was a child, I used to just pluck things off and just break them and just play with them. I don't know if y'all used to, I used to crush them and throw them around. I, like these had no significance to me at all until I began to study last night. And I recognized the pine cone is the pine tree's reproductive organ. This pine cone houses a whole bunch of seeds. And this pine cone is open. There's another pine cone I want you to see. You can see it on the screen. This type of pine cone is closed. Y'all ever seen this? A closed pine cone versus an open pine cone. This pine cone is closed. You know why it's closed? It's protecting what's on the inside. This is so good. It closes up during the winter. It closes up during storms because the atmosphere is dangerous due to what I carry. There is something that I'm carrying that I'm not exposing my seeds to what is around me because this atmosphere is not conducive. But when the atmosphere gets right to what's on the inside of me can catch the breeze, when heaven could blow on me and the seeds can flow from me, then it drops. And some pine cones can live on a tree up to 10 years. Up to 10 years, and I think this, this is the issue. You're seeing yourself as a pine cone, but God sees you as a pine tree. See, and the pine tree can make another tree, and then another tree, and another tree. And now we have a full-fledged forest. See, you can make a disciple, and then another disciple, and another disciple, and another disciple. And now the disciple has made a community, and that community, oh, now we have in church. <laughs> now we have in church. But do you see yourself as an insignificant pine cone? And this is why I believe hell has been after you your whole life. Because he never wanted you to be opened up. He wanted you to have so much pain to where you stay closed. Because he knows unaddressed pain becomes your personality. And now you have a heart that doesn't know how to vent. So when people ask you what's going on and people ask you how you feel, I'm cool, I'm straight, I'm good. But you're lying. And he wants you to live a life where you're closed. So that the fruitfulness, so that the giftedness, so that the calling, so that the anointing, so that the oil never could blow. On the inside of this pine cone is its seeds. And it has to be on the ground. You know what's crazy? Being planted and being buried look just alike. <laughs> what if I told you, you're not in a tomb, you're in a womb. You're not in a tomb, you're in a womb. God has to develop you. So that he could birth you. There's somebody that you have to reach. There's a work that you have to do. There's a people that you have to use your gift to save. Because your obedience is tied to somebody's deliverance. So many times I think the devil has us so caught up. Looking at this insignificant pine cone. Because he knows they're really a forest. What if I told you you're carrying a forest and he never wants you to know it. Even the devil knows you're going to win.
You know, the devil knows the Bible, right? So this means to me, he knows he's a defeated foe. He knows that you have the power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the works of the enemy. But if he can lie to you and if you can believe his lies, you'll only see yourself as a pine cone and not as a pine tree. It's graduation season. God's trying to graduate you from who you currently are to who you're called to be. He doesn't want you like a Facebook status. It's complicated. He wants that next level version and that current version to meet, to marry, and to be a threat to the kingdom of darkness and be a thrust for the kingdom of heaven. So, Father, we thank you. We bless you for your word. Help us to have a different perspective as graduation season. Just like David, he had no idea in this moment he was about to graduate from being a shepherd boy to being a giant slayer then to a king. Help us to understand that you don't waste seasons. That the process we're in is so that you can introduce us to another version of who you called us to be and another version of who you called us to be and another version of who you called us to be. I used to be so confused, God, in your word why in one text it said anyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And then in the next text it says not everyone who says Lord, Lord shall enter the kingdom of heaven. Until I recognized many times we let culture mold us and shape us to be a you that you did not create. And then when we come back before you, that's not the you I called you to be. I never knew you. But let us be that you that you called us to be so that we can reach your people for your glory. In Jesus' name.